I just see you out there, Kevin. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports, our son's mega mind, Kellen Olsen, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. All right, final hour of the show here on a Friday afternoon, talking a little Suns basketball. So who better Wolf to talk to than our own Kellen Olson, our Phoenix Suns guru. He joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. I don't know if Kellen gets days off, if this is one of them or not. But Kellen, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Not for the next couple of weeks, buddy. It's that time of year. I'm excited. Hi. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you excited? Just the trade deadline? Is that what you're talking about, Killer? It's just a, a time of the year, Wolf, where interest in the league really not not necessarily peaks, but reaches a really high point. And it's especially the spotlight is on the Suns uh, this time of year for various reasons we are about to get into, I assume. Uh, we are, but I'm going to start with the national stuff. Kyrie Irving telling the Nets he wants to be traded. What sort of, I know there's a million ways you could go with this answer, but what sort of potential ramifications do you see that having on the trade deadline? Because, I mean, it's entirely possible, and he is a very good basketball player, that he ends up on a Western Conference team. Yeah, I think that's the place to start. Um, But what we should really start with is the fact that Kyrie's on a $36 million expiring contract, and that makes him extremely difficult to trade on his own, just as if we were treating Kyrie Irving like a sane person who's on the basketball court every time and seems like a (laughs) stand-up guy who will stay committed to your organization and not demand a trade, or publicly say at an event in Boston that he's staying in Boston and then signs with Brooklyn, or then kind of does a soft trade request last summer and then does a more firm trade request this uh, February. (laughs) Yeah, it's complicated. So this is really complicated, and basically I I think this story is still fresh. We're reacting to it in a lot of ways, but I'm waiting for more concrete reporting to come on this because, yes, he has uh, submitted the trade request, but I'm not even sure what the incentive is for Brooklyn to trade him beyond the fact that maybe he wouldn't want to play for them again because (laughs) what exactly is Brooklyn going to get back in this scenario? Wouldn't they be better off just making a run at a championship like they were designed to for the next couple of months? And then if he walks, okay, he walks, but like, what are you getting back for him anyway? I don't really see a fit on the trade market that makes sense, or why would another team really want to give up a ton for Kyrie Irving right now with his track record and with everything in play, despite the fact that when he's on the court, he's an extremely good basketball player. Killer, does it make it more likely or less likely that KD gets traded? <laughs> I mean, could oh you see the Nets going, oh, oh my goodness. Uh, it's trending. KD to Phoenix is trending on Twitter right now. Uh, no, are you serious? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, oh my goodness. So your thoughts on that? Well, it makes it more likely, obviously, um, but the matter of how much more likely it makes, it just depends on how Kevin Durant feels about the proceedings, how he feels about if Kyrie Irving gets traded, what is the return? Does Kevin Durant still feel like he can win a championship this year? I mean, the Nets have had a really good year, and they've had some really nice pieces come together. I know that Nick Claxton and T.J. Warner are not going to step in and fill the void that Kyrie Irving would leave. But with that being said, they've put around a lot of good accentuating pieces around Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So whatever the return is, if we get to that trade, again, if we get to that trade, I think that would be more of the question here. But then, of course, if it does turn out that Kevin Durant all of a sudden wants to be like Kyrie and just put his team in a horrible position with six days to go until the trade deadline, I think the Suns become the immediate favorite for a myriad of reasons. But we're uh, that's step 73, and we just took step one. So let's... uh, (laughs) I know it's not on our nature in this business to slow down, no, but I'm, I'm trying my best killer. here to, to halt 
Halt the fun train. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. Well, here, let's let's back up to like step 49 then. Um, Gambo has a tweet right now. It says, uh, Jay Crowder, trade front. The Bucks are not the only team that has asked for and been granted uh, permission to talk to Jay Crowder. There are others. I think we all see, assume that uh, Jay Crowder is getting dealt. Kellen, now in your mind, do you have, well, like what what sort of chances do you see that there is a, a second trade beyond that, or or a bigger trade involving picks that brings back more than just a Kobe White or somebody like that? Right. Uh, first of all, I love mystery team season. Whenever we get a report like uh, Kyrie Irving has three teams on his preferred trades, it's like, oh, who are the three teams? And now it's like, oh, who are the other teams that got permission to vote to Jay Crowder? We'll just have to wait and see. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, but anyway, to your question, the same teams. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, but beyond that, to your question, I think that the only way that a trade of Jay Crowder waiting this long kind of makes sense is if the Suns had a really strong inclination that they could achieve something bigger. And if you look at their ability to execute a big trade right now in terms of the big-time salaries they have, Jay Crowder's is just the most functional because I'm not sure – that Dario Sarge is going to move the needle a lot. I'm not sure that Lander Shaman is going to move the needle much, but Jay Crowder is a guy who can start on a finals-caliber team, in my opinion. I still think that he's that type of contributor as a role player. That's not to say that you can get a lot for him, but he is a piece where he is involved in like a bigger deal. He makes more sense and kind of pushes the needle just a smidge. So I, I always thought that made sense in terms of why they would wait so long. But I, I do wonder if there's more than one trade that they have to do here. I think that from a roster needs standpoint, they do need to add more than one player at this deadline. And it's just a matter if they can get that done in the same deal or it's going to take multiple deals. But it just it does feel like we've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and it seems like the time for everything to happen is, is, is more of a now or never thing. Killer, um, what specific matchup are you looking for tonight? Is there one? Yeah, I, 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 I love this game, Wolf, because – I. While Devin Booker not being out is, is a bad thing for the Suns, and I know that Suns fans are, are really hoping that Devin Booker will be back as soon as possible and would love to have him back tonight if that was possible. I'm really excited to see how Mikel Bridges takes on this scoring load uh, with this caliber of team that they're playing in Boston with how he's going to handle being guarded by the likes of Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, those types of guys, and that type of defense, so that caliber of defense. I think the only reason... The Suns don't have a case as the best defensive team in the league last year was because the Celtics really emerged in the second half of the season, and they're playing that type of. A, they're the final favorites for. They're the favorites right now for the title for a reason uh, because of that defense that they have, and because of the superstar ability they have on on both ends of the floor, like Jalen Brown, uh, Jason Tatum, and then Marcus Smart defensively, he's the defensive player of the year last year. So Mikel has been awesome, and this is a really huge test on the road to see how everything on the ball has helped for him. And I'm just looking at how he shoulders that load and, and how it how it works for him because it's a big-time matchup. Talking to Kellen Olsen. Uh, Kellen, real quick, just because we, you know, Cam Johnson's had a cuff pull, uh, rough nights, and then you had Monty Williams the other night talking about how they are kind of still trying to figure out how to get him in rhythm while also load managing his minutes a little bit. What have you seen from Cam since he's come back? I thought he looked great. Uh until that game, but that game he comes out, I think, like four minutes and change into the first quarter, and then the same thing in the second quarter, only plays nine minutes in the first half. Uh, I'm a bit perplexed because he played 91 total minutes in the last three games prior to that one when he only played 15. So I'm just confused from an injury management standpoint exactly what happened here because he was playing 30-plus minutes in two different games than the other one he played 25 in, and now he's back down to being around 15 to 20 again 
Like, I, I, I'm just curious in terms of what happened here. Is this knee bothering him a little bit more? Was there a restriction, and was it not just uh, employed correctly in those three games? I'm not exactly sure what happened here, but the, but the good news inside of all of it is that when we have seen Cam play, those extended minutes, he's looked really good. But obviously, with the situation with campaign, Devin Booker, Cam Johnson is right alongside those guys, and the Suns have to be really careful here with how they go about things because, like, one more step back for any three of these guys, and you're probably talking about the end of their season. So they got they got to be smart about him, and if that's taking him out four minutes in the first and the second quarter, it's what they got to do. Kellen Olson, great stuff as always, man. Thank you for the time. Enjoy your next day off in May. Thanks, guys. We'll do. Thanks, Keller. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kellen Olson joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. This Monday, listen for your name every day. You're going to want to do this because you get to qualify for your chance to win Super Bowl tickets. Just text SUPER to 620-620 to register. And once you hear your name, call in within the time frame. You could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, the Super Bowl Experience. Some fun stuff going to be around Phoenix uh, next week. So text SUPER to 620-620. It's Arizona Sports All Access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. When we come back, the Cardinals coaching search really just all kind of boils down to one thing. Which one of them is going to get Kyler Murray right? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, Cardinals head coaching search update. 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 All right, Wolf, it's uh, it's one sixteen on Friday. I don't know that we're going to get back into Cardinals coaching conversations after this today. And then that leaves us two and a half days where something might happen. And at this point, you kind of got to think something is fairly imminent. Um, so I feel like we should at least give our predictions here in case when we come back on Monday, the Cardinals already have a coach. Okay. So do you want to do who we want it to be or who we think it's going to be? Um, how about both? Okay. Well, for me, who I want it to be, and this is just realistic off the, off the names on this list, my first choice would still be Brian Flores. After that, I mean, they're all basically first-time head coaches except Vance Joseph, and I just I think your fan base is going to lose their minds if you hire Vance Joseph as the head coach after all this. No offense to Vance. Um, so I would go towards one of the Bengals guys, either Lou Anarumo, Brian Callahan. I don't want a young, new offensive mind, but if you're going to do it, Callahan is interesting to me just in the sense that he must see something he really likes to leave a position he's in coaching Joe Burrow because he would have opportunities next year too. Yeah, for me right now, um, I, I still, I've been pretty consistent on this. I, I still, I want Brian Flores. Me too. I, I want Brian Flores. I, I've been consistent on it because I think that defensive separation that he's going to have as a defensive head coach that separation from Kyler Murray is really, really important, I think, in Kyler Murray's development. Now, that means, of course, you've got to hire a strong offensive coordinator and you've got to, you've got to hire a quarterback coach that is going to work on a peer basis with Kyler Murray. I, I understand that. But for me, I think that separation is really, really important. I think Brian Flores also is the metaphorical anvil that you could shape Kyler Murray on. And I think Kyler Murray, once again, going back to the very core, the the core of this debate is all about Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has got to fix Kyler Murray. And you know, that was my very first thought when we were talking about a head coach and who that head coach may be for the Arizona Cardinals. 
It was more about Kyler first believing that he had to be fixed. Kyler Murray, and when I say fixed, I'm not talking about there's not a lot broken there. There isn't. He needs to be in a scheme in which you can develop and evolve the offense. Is he capable of running that scheme? That's what we're all waiting for. Yeah, I take fixed as he can't have already hit his ceiling. You know, like, and, and he was, he was really good. Now I get it, it's two seasons ago and it's the first half of the season. So at a certain point, it doesn't matter that much. But we have seen him play really good football. But if that's his ceiling, that got you a playoff appearance. You know what I mean? So yeah. the next coach needs to be able to take him to the next level. And that's I right. 100% agree with you. Kyler Murray can't be, and I don't think he's doing this, but he can't be looking around being like, yeah, they better fix everything else because I'm doing everything just right. Because then that's they've talked out. Then they're not going to ever go anywhere with him as the quarterback other than maybe winning a game in the playoffs. But if he's like, yeah, okay, they got to fix stuff around me and I got to be better because I've never won a playoff game, then it is a matter of which coach you bring in that can get the most out of him. Yeah, I also I love your thought on this, and I, I am the grassy knoll, and I'm so mad at myself that I did not look at this and think, oh, this is going on you. You know what the thought is. Brian Flores maybe. oh yeah, Sean Payton contacting me to go and actually be the defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos up there. Does Denver have a good defense base? I don't need They have some talent up there on the defensive side of the ball. They have a good ball. defensive coordinator. They have, <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> They've got an excellent defensive coordinator. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to go up there interviewing just to see if I can get a little movement from the Arizona Cardinals on their head coaching yeah. job. Oh, that it's the only is, way to read it, right? That well, is, no. It's not the only way to read it, but it's... I, I'm it, embarrassed I didn't read it that way. <laughs> I'm just glad I could... I don't know if it's better or worse than I'm starting to think like you, but my first thought when I saw that news this morning was, all right, Denver, like, calm down. You've you got your coach. Get lost so everybody else gets their head coaches. <laughs> but then my second thought was, maybe Brian Flores is sick of waiting around, too, and he's yeah. just like, hey, uh, you know, Sean, you could use a defensive coordinator. Right, I'll come up and interview with you. Why not? Cardinals don't seem to be making a decision, so let's nudge them for a little bit. Oh my goodness. Do you think it's going to be Flores, though? Because at this point, I'm kind of. And I, I said this I, earlier. I, it, okay, so who's right? You know, is he going up there to interview um, without any type of conversation going on with the Arizona Cardinals? That tells me he's. He's going up there. He doesn't think he's getting hired by the Arizona Cardinals. Or right? he thought he was, and he's like, let's move this or along. Or is it the way you're. You're supposing that it may be that sort now of, sort of of hoping. he's using them as leverage. I like the idea of using Denver as yes, leverage. Yes, <laughs> that's <laughs> beautiful. Sean Payton. Yeah. How'd you guys do last year? Uh, yeah. How's your first round pick this year? <laughs> you, you don't have any picks left for I like could, the next I five years. I could see years. that yeah. happening right there. I could see him totally using the Denver Broncos for leverage to get some movement. Now, who knows what's going to happen, but hopefully it's going to happen this weekend. If uh, if you have to guess, and, I, and this is what I said earlier, um, I'm kind of leaning Aaron Glenn is where they're going to go. But I tell you, man, that is a... I'm going Brian Flores because uh, I'm, good, I'm totally wrong every time in. I know said. that. I know uh, it's brutal. It's just awful. I was hoping it you is, were going to say somebody I didn't I don't once. care. Okay. Well, maybe, you know what? All that matters is if you're right at the end, right? <laughs> but when I like for me, when I say Aaron Glenn, what is being right at the end? Luke? I don't know. Can I throw that out there? <laughs> what is being right at the end? Being right at the end is Kyler Murray playing like Kyler Murray and being in an offense where he can actually be consistent going forward, evolve as a quarterback. 
All right, so I'll go. I'll go. Aaron Glenn, and and I hope it's not just because of that Jonathan Jones tweet that said at the end he's a Texas guy who's known Kyler Murray and his family for a while. I don't want to hire a guy just because it makes Kyler Murray comfortable. I want to hire a guy that ultimately does make Kyler Murray comfortable after he pushes him out of the comfort zone. But I'm not hiring a. a coach just based on if Kyler's happy with the hiring in the offseason. All right, Maloney, where are you going with this one? Are you going with uh, Shane Steichen as your pick? Oh, no. I I didn't know I was picking. Well, you have to pick because you're going to be right and then we're all going to be... Vance Joseph. I will pick Vance. All right, Vance Joseph right there. It's not great because Maloney's typically right. Yeah. Well, once again, I think Vance Joseph is a guy that is capable of doing the job. He's got a relationship with Kyler Murray right now. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? He knows his relationship, of course. I don't know it personally. I've heard they've got an excellent rapport, but I don't know that. So it's hard for me to actually comment on that when it's just a guess. I feel like you guys had legitimate reasoning behind your pick and I just went with Aaron Glenn because it's like the one guy that we're hearing there might be they seem to like Aaron Glenn to the point where there might actually be a second meeting and nobody else is getting a second meeting so I don't know You both of you picked a guy that has coached in the league before and mm-hmm. I will continue to say this until they hire the new guy I hope it's somebody who has coached in the league before um, there's nobody else on this list of, of names that we know for sure that they've talked to that has coached in the league before. Now, as far as Aaron Glenn, this is uh, Aaron Glenn and Ryan Clark on the Pivot Podcast. This is from October. I remember the Arizona game is probably our best game of the year. right? Defensively, defensively, man, we went after them. Right? I mean, I, I call cover zero more than I've ever called in my life because, listen, Kyle, I'm going to go at you, bro. Yeah. All right? I'm just telling you. Well, we know he's not studying anyway, so. Well, four hours a week. No doubt. That, that's a whole other side. <laughs> but that wasn't Aaron Glenn that said that. You know, honestly, if you were Kyler Murray and you heard that, would you be PO'd? Would you be upset? You know, I, that's, that's the narrative that is out there right now. Do yeah, something about that's, it. I, you just said it this right is, there. This is what football players are supposed to do. You, you get somebody saying something about you. Why don't you do something about it? And that's why all of this, all of this comes back to Kyler. He needs to get himself right by first admitting that he needs to get right. Well, and he's hurt now, so there's only so much he can do. But the first half of last season, he could have kind of thrown water on that narrative and he really didn't get to. It's unfortunate that that was probably some of the worst football we've seen him play other than, you know, flashes here or there. I mean, end of that Raiders game. I, still I just know cool. if somebody said that about me and they were laughing about it, would, would that not cut you to the quick, basically? It's would not just it not? somebody, though. It's a lot of people. I, I mean, It's it, people within the football universe. That's, that's, that's where when, when people freak out, it's like, oh, the media is so critical of Kyler. It's like, Right or wrong, it's the it's inside the football universe yes. that is critical of Kyler. Yes. Now he can he can change that narrative. He, he absolutely can. can because never once do you hear, oh, he's a bad guy. Oh, you don't want him on your team because he's a bad guy. Exactly. It's never that. It's stuff he can change. Man. But let's not pretend there isn't a narrative out there. Anytime anything, you know, when when Brian Flores' name came up and that tweet, I, I'll never forget this. When the first tweet came out, Brian Flores maybe be considered for the Cardinals. You click on the comments, and these are not Arizona fans. These are all across the country. Oh, Kyler's not going to like this. He's going to have to work. That, those are fans in Minnesota. Yes. That is that yep. is his reputation around totally. the league. It might not be fair, but he eventually is going to have the opportunity to shut everybody up. Now, the other question that we don't have time to get into is, would that bother you if you're Kyler Murray and that's Aaron Glenn, who's about to be your coach, maybe? 
laughing. That's a different conversation, but uh, we don't have time for that. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what is the future of Aaron Rodgers? We're going to go through the latest news around the National Football League next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Question for you, Wolf. I know you don't eat candy for who knows what reason. Yeah. But they put candy out at the front desk. Okay, Reese's? There was not any Because, Reese's. okay, Reese's. Okay, that would change It's not things. candy. That's food. Okay. Why? Because there's peanut butter involved? It's so good. Why is this tiny, like, half-inch candy bar considered fun size? Yeah. There's nothing fun about, like, half a bite being a candy bar. Well, you can pop it in the cheek, right, and just go. You can. You don't have to chew it, necessarily. That's just, fun? Well, I don't know. Well, you know, how do you reach your candy bars? Bigger than fun size, apparently. <laughs> I it like took to less consume than one second. them, yes. All right, well. I like to, you know, maybe want to change it up a little bit. I don't know. It's, I guess it's, it's fun size fun. if you have, like, six different flavors. Yeah. But I don't. Well, who gets three musketeers? Well, that was all, there's my option. I mean, that's really that was it's it. That or licorice. Well, you got to be in a, a mood for licorice. Three Musketeers is the most boring. Well, this is candy three bar musketeers. in the history of mankind. This is like a sixth of Three Musketeers. This is like half well, Musketeer. Yeah, but it's still it's the same thing. That's you know that. good. It's Three Musketeers. That used to be my favorite candy bar actually when I was like four. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. No, and then I. Why? Because it was all soft. Yeah, maybe. I, mean, I didn't have teeth yet. Do you have teeth when you're four? I think you do. Yes, of course. you I was do. playing hockey when I was four. I didn't have teeth. <laughs> uh, all right, on to football and uh, Aaron Rodgers. No, you know what? I don't want to start with Aaron Rodgers. I want to start with the Pro Bowl games because they keep showing them on uh, like highlights of the Pro Bowl games up here on these TVs. And now I feel like I missed something last night. I would have watched dodgeball if I knew exactly when dodgeball was on. Man, I just honestly, I can't believe these guys are actually going out there and playing dodgeball at the Pro Bowl now. That's just blowing my mind. I I understand the Pro Bowl needed to go away. It did. It was an embarrassment. Frankly, it was an embarrassment to the league to actually go out there and play the game when these guys were not even trying and I understand why they were not even trying. I, there's so much that has changed, of course. They had to do something with a Pro Bowl. I just don't know if playing dodgeball is the best way to actually <laughs> placate people that are interested in watching Pro Bowl events. Dodgeball? I don't know that it has, like, staying power. Like, 20 years from now, we're going to be looking at the best dodgeball Pro Bowl performers. But I would have watched it last night. I wasn't going to sit there through well, five hours. What do you mean you would have? Well, because I didn't have five hours. And the way they packaged it was like, Pro Bowl games are on tonight. It wasn't like, hey, dodgeball's on at 8.30. So were you working? Is that what you're saying? No, I had last night off. Oh, but I wasn't just sitting there see, waiting for so waiting to watch so Saquon Barkley play dodgeball. You said I would have watched I would have. And now well, I feel like I missed out. I felt like, yeah, Oh, man. I have Pro Bowl you FOMO. You did not. <laughs> you did not miss out on anything. Yeah, Somebody there got were, drilled there were a in the couple, face. Well, there, I was going to say there were a couple of headshots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys can work out can some I, of their. Uh, past how embarrassing is that? You, you you go out there. You're a professional football player. You go out there. You get a face shot. <laughs> That is, that's why I can't believe they're, they're actually agreeing to do that. It's not the highlight of your season, that's for sure. Uh, this is Derek Carr, and uh, I don't, what was the actual name of the event? Oh, Arizona boy. Sports, breaking news. 
according to Shams Sharania, the L.A. Lakers, Dallas Mavericks, and the Phoenix Suns have emerged as potential suitors for Brooklyn Nets All-Star starter Kyrie Irving. Oh, no! You know, I was just having this conversation in the hallway with Kevin Zimmerman. That's funny that that just came up because I was just having this conversation with him five minutes ago when I was picking up this very flawed candy bar that's too small. Okay. We all had the same reaction. Oh, Kyrie's available. The the Nets are going to melt down because of Kyrie. It's what everybody expected, right? Okay, now can you get Kevin Durant? You may not think it's a good idea to get Kyrie, but does James Jones think it's a good <laughs> right. idea to get Kyrie? Right, exactly. And we were just talking about that in the hallway five minutes ago. Yeah. And kept and because I had this thought while we were doing the segment with um with Derb actually because yeah. they kept showing something on TV and I was like just because we don't necessarily want Kyrie doesn't mean James Jones doesn't want him. Man. And talking to Kevin out in the hallway, he's like, "Look, I don't think it's going to necessarily happen, but there's some connection there." Well, okay, so immediately I think Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. Of course, of course, he's going to the. It Lakers. feels like Lakers. LeBron in the leadership with AD. Of course, he's going to the Lakers. They can handle that. It's kind of like Randy Moss back in the day. Of course, being traded to the New England Patriots, and it was only because of the Billichek army that was inside that locker room. Maybe it's the same way with LeBron James. I don't want him going to Dallas. Do you want Kyrie and Luca on the same team? Man, you know what? That just doesn't seem like a good fit, does it? Well, the thing is, like, Kyrie <laughs> does not. You, you would assume whatever team he goes to, he's going to sabotage them in a year and a half anyway. <laughs> but that doesn't do any like that doesn't mean he's not a great basketball player right now. I'm not talking myself into Kyrie for the Suns. I'm just saying, and Maloney just pointed this out too. He was teammates. James Jones was teammates with Kyrie for what? For like four years with the Cavs, 2014 to 17. There you go. Um, those are pretty I good can years. Control you. I can. I know how to talk to you. I know how to control you. It, it's amazing what people will look past when you have talent. It's amazing what people will actually look past. When you have talent. Well, I also think that this is where the Devin Booker respect factor comes in. If you're Kyrie Irving and Kyrie is, is he, look, he's he's a wild card. There's no way to, to spin that. But he may look at playing with Devin Booker and be like, okay, I'm not going to I'm not going to sabotage your team. Now, I don't know that he's capable of not doing it. He's one of the best players I've seen in the last 10 years. <laughs> but then all his teams are scorched earth when he left. So that's that's why a lot of Suns fans don't want him because you like what you have going here. But I tell you. Wolf, all these other names, and going back to Kevin Durant in the offseason, it's like, oh, if Kevin Durant's available, then maybe he would fit with the Suns, or would he want to play there? Kyrie Irving is available. It's not like, well, what if he would have maybe, you know, no, he actually is available. And typically, I will give him this over KD, when he demands a trade, he doesn't rescind that demand <laughs> two weeks later. It's not like, oh, that was just for uh, last week. <laughs> I just honestly right now, the evidence is large. The pile is there. The debris of which Kyrie Irving has left in the rearview mirror is there. What makes you think it wouldn't happen here? It would. It absolutely would. Can you imagine Kyrie and D.A.? <laughs> hey, what if, what if, hey, maybe, maybe what, hey, remember the Nets? 
they were they were also interested. No, they claimed they my... they claimed they liked what they had. They didn't want DA. Yeah, but the rumor was out there, correct? I, I think we may have started that rumor. I, no, no it was out did. there. No, you, you were the one who actually started <laughs> it. Because it you know me, I don't me. start. No, rumors. not ever once. I'll speculate with the best of. Are right, you want to speculate? I guess from time to time, and I am the grassy knoll. But I think you were the one who actually brought that rumor. Let up. me ask you this, okay? These three teams. You just tell me which one you would prefer, Kyrie on in a week, okay? okay? Yeah. The Lakers, the Mavericks, or the Suns? Because <laughs> those are the teams. You, when you say that, my, my first reaction, of course, is, is the Lakers. That's my first reaction, but there's a little bleeding of the heart when I say that, because the Suns <laughs> could use a guy like Kyrie. <laughs> I tell you, thank you. If the um, Lakers have LeBron James, no way. I'm, I'm, Kyrie and no. Anthony Davis <laughs> for the four games that Anthony Davis they is deserve, healthy. The, the Lakers deserve Kyrie, as far as I'm concerned. But that's a playoff team, though, if they get Kyrie, <laughs> and then it probably folds. That franchise um, folds next year. Can you see the ball hawking that would be going on? Can you see the ball fighting that would be going on between <laughs> Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic? <laughs> Can you see that? I can't. Who's going to have the ball those two and getting along. Come on, man. That's that's not going to work. So what's um, your answer? Suns, Lakers, or Mavericks? Not where you think he's going to go. Where would you prefer he lands? Uh, if those are really the only three teams, uh, I'm Lakers because they'll destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Fallout Boy is heading to Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater for their So Much for Dust Tour June 30th. Tickets just went on sale, and you can win a pair now by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. Wow, this gets your mind racing, doesn't it? Yes. Kyrie's suddenly available, and the Suns are suddenly emerging as a potential suitor, according to Shams. Well, and Chris Haynes just tweeted, Phoenix is viewed as one of the few teams capable of facilitating a deal with Brooklyn that could keep both teams in championship pursuit. Oh, I don't like that. That means that DA. means that means a player going back. I'll give you a oh, pick. Yeah. It's not Kyrie, Jay Crowder. Kyrie's making a ton of money, and I think he's a free agent, isn't he? After this, yes. All right. It was a busy week around the world of sports. We'll take you through everything that went down, although a lot's going down now. Uh, next in our work week wrap up, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we're going to keep it here for a second. And we'll see where this goes. We normally do the work week wrap up here. <laughs> the first day all week I left mine in the car. Otherwise, we could just be hitting them in stereo right now. Um, in case you're just joining us, jumping in the car, okay, the, the non-surprising development in the last hour or so is that uh, Kyrie Irving has decided... I don't want to be with Brooklyn anymore. Even though they're playing well, we all assumed at some point he would be like, "Get me out of here! I, I, I can't, I can't handle things being good for this long." That's right. The and maybe this shouldn't be a surprise, but the the most recent development ten minutes ago is Shams tweeting out the Lakers, Mavericks, and Phoenix Suns have emerged as potential suitors for Brooklyn Nets All Star Kyrie Irving. Hopefully, it's in that order, Mason Onions. I moved the order around for drama with the Suns. No, did you really? Yeah, I did. Oh, it was actually Lakers, Suns, Mavericks. Oh. In that order. Sorry. Okay, that's great. Anyways, Lakers, Suns, Mavericks. 
sorry. To do this to Wolf at the end of a Friday this show is, is awesome, dangerous. man. Think about it. Just think about Kyrie Irving, Basinonians, with one of those three teams right now. Think of the dynamic of Kyrie Irving and what he'd be doing with the Los Angeles Lakers. Wouldn't that be awesome? With Anthony Davis, of course, and LeBron James. And look, everybody, it's Kyrie Irving, and you have one ball. That's a that's a good team that wouldn't last very long just because Davis doesn't stay on the floor and Kyrie I, I mean Kyrie and LeBron it is hard to keep track of when they like each other and when they don't yes uh, but when they were on the same floor that would be a nasty team not the sort of team you'd want to play in a play in game if uh, if they were all healthy and then think of the Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic and Kyrie on the same team. Give me the ball. Just give me the ball. <laughs> they don't even need the other three guys on the floor because they're never going to touch the Just ball. start the, the stopwatch every time one of them touches it. Let me ask you this with Kyrie. He's on a $36.9 million expiring deal. Okay? Yeah. What do you think it takes to get him? Yeah. Mm. Because if it's if it's just a rental, I don't know that he would sabotage things. If you're just telling me you can trade, if his value to Brooklyn is so shot because they're not going to be able to get much, and obviously if there's a bidding war, this goes right out the window. But if you're just talking about Kyrie Irving as a rental for the rest of this season, why wouldn't you do it if you're the Suns? I cannot believe I'm saying that. I know. Why? Why can you not believe you're saying Because it's Kyrie Irving. Because he's it's a Kyrie ticking Irving. time bomb. Yes. See, exactly. But I don't think and that that would go off in the next four right months. You're, you're falling into it right now. Because I think this is the sort of move James it's Jones would make. Bright and shiny. So James so Jones bright and shiny. was on Burns and Gambo this past Wednesday and discussed what the Suns are looking for in a trade package. Yeah, so we can use Ford help. Uh, we can use scoring. Um, we can always use more, you know, interior defense. So, but we'll we'll see what shakes out over the next week. I expect I expect some interesting names to be flung around. I expect a lot of uh, players to come into us to focus, and we'll just see what we can get done. Some interesting names, scoring and scoring and more scoring, and oh my goodness, that's what it's you going to happen. Oh, I took James Jones saying I expect some interesting names to be floating around. Well, yeah, and of course, but hours the later, scoring, of oh, course, yeah. is one of the things he was he was talking about adding. I want to be clear. Forward. I'm not saying you need to go out and trade for Kyrie. I'm absolutely not saying that. But I'm saying how much of your apprehension of adding him goes out the window if it's just a rental for this year? Because yes. mine goes down substantially because I don't think he would destroy everything in the next four months. If you're telling me you're bringing in Kyrie for the next three years, I think he's going to burn the place down. But in the next four months... Is he going to put his best foot forward? Is that what you're saying? He's going to do... He's going to step into that locker room and he's he's going to get along with everybody. I, no, I don't I think just, that. See, I just don't think Kyrie <laughs> can get out of his own way. I, maybe, maybe he can. James Jones knows the answer to that question. James Jones knows that. And I trust James Jones. I'm interested in this enough just to know what they'd have to give up. If it is, it, it keeps coming back to that. It does. Well, because he's not like he signed for three to. years. Yes. So if you're Brooklyn. What did he say? What the the initial message today was: trade me, or I'm going to leave in free agency this off season. That was his message to Brooklyn. Yeah. So if you're Brooklyn, if it's simply okay, we'll trade him, or we get nothing for him. 
Now, if the Lakers are interested, and I'm sure the Knicks will somehow be interested and not get them, and Dallas is, is rumored to be interested, then then there's it's not going to be as simple as, hey, you have no leverage, we'll give you a pick for him or a See, pick I and just, a player. I, I don't like it, man. I do not like it, and I don't like it because Kyrie Irving is a mentality. Kyrie Irving has got baggage that he is going to bring with him, and many times, base and earnings, dust falls off that baggage into the locker room as he's making his way through it. This is just me. I could be absolutely dead wrong on this, I admit it, but for me right now, I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring that dust metaphorically speaking, into the locker room for the Suns. They got enough already. I don't see that helping them get better. Can you imagine Game 7 last year with Kyrie thrown into the mix, too? They would have not been able to show the end of the game on TV. (laughs) (laughs) It's just been like, this is is internal only to the people that were at this game. We can't show any more of it. Do you see how you see Devin Booker and Kyrie Irving? That's the question. This, this is this, this is one of those situations where you absolutely go to Devin Booker and be like, "Look, man, we got a good thing going here, and you're gonna. This is a huge risk if you let this individual into this room. How do you feel about it?" And Monty Williams must be like, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> he must be like, like I don't even, I can't even imagine what Monty Williams would be thinking if they traded yeah, for him." Once again, you know, a lot of these coaches they they have some relationship with guys they play against. Of course, you know they've, you know, just like James Jones, of course, has a relationship with Kyrie Irving. I'm sure that Monty Williams. Uh, has crossed paths with Kyrie Irving from time to time, and maybe it's been cordial, and maybe it's been nice, and maybe he's got a positive. I don't, I don't know. What I know is this: Kyrie Irving has got a track record right now, a track record that I, I would say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, isn't very flattering. I and think that's trouble, and I, I don't want to see that inside that locker room. It's just me. There's a lot. It's not just you. It's <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah. I I like other options for the Suns more where you kind of keep this core together and you add a player on like the OG Ananobi level or somebody like that and you don't have to blow up the core until the off season when you have to, you know, let the finances get involved. But if you're telling me it's just a rental and I don't have to give up a ton, it's at least worth Asking some questions. There's a lot of damage that could be done, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even being a Oh, well, I expect damage. Yeah. Yeah. That's, He's coming in. But Give it, me the ball. It, Watch the... Just hey, taking book, it away from you book. Just, yeah, right. You sit down. You be quiet over there. Give me the ball. I'm Kyrie Irving. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's got to be a different way. I, again, I'm not saying I would do it. I just wonder if James Jones would. And apparently, he's at least interested because Shams isn't going to just make that up. <laughs> <laughs> a crazy way. It's yes. I mean, we all know Kyrie Irving. Of t- tangibly, of course, out of the court, he makes him better, right? <laughs> we play this music That's nonstop. And this is no one. You know what? Metallica just decided it for me. The memory remains, and Kyrie Irving, and the memory of Kyrie Irving remains. I'm done. I'm off. All right. More likely that Kyrie Irving is a son next week, or the Cardinals have a coach. That's where we are. That's how ridiculous things have gotten. Thanks, Darren Maloney. Thanks to Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.